The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim, certified sex educator. I identify as a chaotic homosexual. And hey, baby, are you a communist? Because I feel an uprising in my lower class. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that one. My listeners give <laughs> the worst suggestions for pickup lines. Yeah. No, these all suck. Uh I'm, they want me to stay single. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely meant to be bad. Good. Like, you yeah. sound educated, but not fuckable. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference. <laughs> uh, it, can I be both? Educated and fuckable? Yeah, you can. You can. You no. just gotta, you gotta tinker. You gotta, you gotta get a yeah. little, I don't know, Marxism in there. And drop a little, what's the sexy version of, of communism? Um, oh, what is it? the sexy version of communism? <laughs> Uh, it's definitely um, not. Some capitalism. people like a Stalin in the bedroom. Um, Stalin in the sheets, Dostoevsky in the streets. Or that's yeah. funny. They're... That's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's more fuckable. You're up twenty percent. You're 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 climbing. Yes, finally. Hopefully, I'm not single by the end of the year. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, folks. We got a very funny comedian here on the show. Uh, he's a comedian, producer, director, uh, overall pleasurable guy from what I've seen on YouTube and the internets. He looks like every guy I fucked in West Hollywood and they all decided to start a brewery. Uh, welcome to the show, Justin Herman. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying brewery and not dispensary. Somehow that's less emasculating, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Um, I'm in. Is the dispensary more emasculating? No, it doesn't really matter. It's actually an oh, age okay. thing. You just, I, I have more maturity as a brewery. Dispensary is like 23-year-olds. But breweries, that's like a 35-plus. That's, that's my fair. Okay. Hey, Justin, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, Tim. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Are we recording um, video, too, or is this just an audio podcast? I should have asked you this Do you think I have ago. enough money for video, girl? So I, I am broke. <laughs> So I'm wearing these nipple clips for nothing, is what you're telling me. Yeah, um, seriously. Okay, yeah, like your like four nipples are out for the audience, but it's just for me. I'll have to yeah, describe fact, it. In two detail. of those are moles. So. Oh, okay. I hope none of them are cancerous. Oh, cross fingers. It's okay, a fing- it's a fingers yeah. fingers crossed emoji. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do love that one uh, bit that you do in your stand-up routine about your moles, though. About, like, how there's, Thank like, you. no need for tattoos or something like that. How does it go again? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't have any tattoos because I was blessed with nature's tattoo. I'm oh. covered in moles. Um, <laughs> but they're gross. They, they protrude. It's like Braille. Um, 
Uh, I'm serious. If you're blind and you run your hand across my back, you'd be like, oh, garbanzo bean. It's a very weird, um, very weird joke. I wonder what it would say to like, you know, to someone blind and they just ran their fingers across your body. Like, I brainstormed it endlessly yeah. <laughs> for comedic I wonder what purpose. it would say. I wonder what it would say. Like, uh, in therapy, perpetually depressed. Uh, I'm projecting onto you. I have moles and scars, so that's probably what yeah. I'm thinking. It would show on my body. You're not far off. No, you're not far off. You're doing great. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of depressed, there's also that one bit that you say about like koalas and. I relate. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> well, they, so they sleep for like 20 hours a day. How is that Just, not depression? Um, that's so true. What about like sloths? Is that like the same? They they, they walk like they just got dumped. Um, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to change my gender marker from human to sloth or koala. Just <laughs> always sad. <laughs> Pissing on myself because I'm too slow. <laughs> Incontinent. <laughs> oh my god. So the Koala reason... diapers, new business. Yeah, Koala Go diapers. Ahead. You know what? Done. You know what? That's a good idea. We'll trademark that. Uh, we'll park that for the next episode. Uh, but <laughs> the reason too. I wanted Season to have four. you on is because, well, for one thing, I love shooting the shit with comedians. I feel like we're a funny bunch of people who are all trying to get through our trauma and we use humor to deflect because what's better than therapy? Just ignoring it altogether. Uh, and also you have like this thing on Netflix that uh, you did all about marriage, sex and dating. And I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that was one of the most interesting things. Um, the most interesting thing that happened to me during the pandemic is I got to direct and uh, produce uh, episodes of a Netflix documentary series called The Future Of. Um, uh, unfortunately, we didn't. they didn't end up airing every episode that we shot. So there's an episode, the series is out. You can watch it. It's it's super fun. It's a little pop culture-y. I was hoping it was going to be a deeper dive research-wise. That's how we started. And it's Netflix. They're trying to get the most clicks. So I think they softened the intense um, research side of the show a little bit, much to my dismay. That was what was the most interesting to me. But anyways, we, the, the episode of Sex never aired, but it was one of the best series of conversations I got to have in my life. I got to speak to sex educators around the world. I got to speak to futurists around the world about the development of technology and its role in sex in the future. Um, you know, and it's obviously, the, the, when you talk about the future, you're speculating, you know, like some the, some of the greatest minds in, in the futurist space will tell you, anybody that tells you they can predict the future more than 30 years out is lying to you. That's where science fiction starts. Um, but the smart ones understand 10 years from now, 20 years from now, because they understand the rate of change. And so getting, then getting to speak about it both both technologically and then bringing it back down to this just truly fundamental element of humanity, which is sex, was very cool. Um, and I think it's it was I think it's a worthwhile thing to talk about because of how far we've come in the very very recent history, the very recent past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like <laughs> inches farther. Um, <laughs> Yarn. What you do is you put your thumb <laughs> over the top, and uh, <laughs> it's like a hose. Um, it's 
<laughs> oh, sorry, no, the documentary, right. Um, that's a different <laughs> video I'm making. Um, the old, uh, www.only, I'm just kidding. Um, I, uh, <laughs> but, like, the, the reality is, I forget the rate of change, but in the last, like, 10 years, like, you, you talk about, like, the orgasm gap, which is, like, um, men having an orgasm versus women in sex. It's something like 10 years ago, it was three to one, three orgasms for the men for one. Now it's two to one. Um, and that changes, that is a hyper fast change in the grand scheme of human humanity and human sexuality. Um, so I think we're becoming very sad, savvy about sex and that sex isn't just heteronormative fucking, but it is a much more complex thing. Um, and that it is much more inclusive, uh, than it is, was treated even 40, 50 years ago. So how close are we to having a sentient dildo? I would love that. Um, that's, uh, I mean, sex dolls aren't dolls anymore. I mean, they're full <laughs> on robots. You know, so they, they, I forget what they call them. I think they call them like grass fed men in Japan, um, which are men that no grass longer have sex with women. Fed. <laughs> yeah, I might be making that term up because I love it, but, um, <laughs> Uh, they, there's like a whole movement in Japan of men that only have sex, like literally are marrying sex robots. It's not widespread, but it is, um, very much a thing because this technology has gotten so good. It has for some people now granted Japan is a weird culture of patriarchy and technology and changing times. And so this is happening there at a different rate of other places, but, but the, whatever, whatever, um, elements of their culture are, are coming together at this point in time, men are, are, are peeling off. Um, so if that's not a sentient dildo, I don't know what is. Uh, so one of the cool things I remember about seeing in Japan was that they had these vending machines and they already had like used panties in them. Yes. I was like, damn, where's America in their horniness right now? Like, <laughs> Honestly, Japan is this incredible balance of sexually progressive and sexually repressed as hell. Um, you know, I forget what they call what they call them, the maid cafes. Like there are cafes in Japan where you just go and talk to pretty girls dressed up like anime characters and there's no sex. It's just the attention, but it's got all of like the vibe of, you know, sex without any discussion whatsoever or interaction whatsoever. So like hooters um, on steroids, really. It, it's like it's like one-on-one -on -one hooters with no hooters you know like oh. they're, co they're covered up you know it's not it's not flaunted it's not like a stripper pole it's a cafe they've got dessert um actual dessert not that's not a stripper name um <laughs> please welcome to the stage caramel cream <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good a whole strip club of just desserts you can get a, you can yeah. trick a, a lot of middle Americans into that place just by accident alone. Honestly, I I'm for it. My drag name or my stage name would be Ava Gina, and I would make that score <laughs> a lot of money. Welcome to the stage, Ava Gina. <laughs> just a huge pussy just walking out. <laughs> perfect. It's gonna that's sell. My my that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> Um, my favorite drag name I've ever encountered, I uh, did a comedy show and, uh, uh, and there's a bunch of contestants and one of them was this drag queen. Her name was, um, Apple Adams. And that word Apple Adams. was fucking <laughs> genius. It's so funny. So clever. Such a good name. 
is awesome. That's so good. Yeah, no, drag that. queens are some of the funniest like names out there. Uh, I saw a drag and, queen. Her name was best. Sarah Problem. <laughs> uh, they're also the best performers on the planet. Um, yeah. I shot with I shot these promos years ago for some some silly MTV reality show. But we would shoot, I was brought in to make them comedic, and I wrote a bunch of scripts. And we brought in uh, Peppermint, who's like a big Broadway um, performer, and, and Peppermint is this incredible drag queen, and just manhandled this reality show cast for comedy just did whatever the hell they just just <laughs> took control of the situation it was so funny and such a professional i was like why can't every performer be this because it was they were spectacular yeah peppermint's a fucking queen like she's so iconic fucking killer but killer uh, if you've ever seen her meme uh, this moment on YouTube where she just kept burping. Um, she's like, is it fashion? <laughs> it's fashion? <laughs> it's fashion? <laughs> oh, so you're familiar with... <laughs> okay, great. So I don't good. have to explain it to you. <laughs> I took a sip at the wrong time. Uh. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, I never really know how to, like, um, like, converse and make references whenever I talk to, I'm assuming, straight guys? You are one? Okay. So you're the boring one. Um, Got it. I, the... Yes, correct. Yes. No, trust me. This isn't by choice. Um, uh, I'm, I work in entertainment. I'm desperate for any ounce of diversity. Nobody counts Jew anymore. So what else I got? Uh, I would kill. I like, to, I like to say that I'm heteroflexible because it doesn't mean anything, but it sounds more progressive. Uh, <laughs> Just a little bit woke, like one eye is open, yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to lean into the Kinsey scale, you know what I mean? It's, uh, um, when did you find out you were straight, huh, Justin? <laughs> Honestly, like three years ago, it took me a long time. I never believed really? it. You, you spend most of your life trying to be serious? convinced. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh my um, god, three years, that's a... Mm. <laughs> I mean, happy for a like journey, see, right? <laughs> thank you. I'd like to see more stories like that. You know, there's everyone's story about coming out as gay. What are the stories about coming out as straight? Like, why are yeah. people just like, finally accepting? Because I wasn't sure. I had no idea. For mo- yeah. like, especially because most of my life, my post-pubescent life, I've had gay friends who love trying to convince me that I'm playing on the wrong team. And <laughs> that's fun and fine. Um, but I, I was always straight but you know sucking those and it, you know like why not ask the question over and over again and eventually like i have to stop asking this question i'm very much attracted to women mm. um yeah we despite your very gay hairstyle though oh thank you so much uh, uh, I, I i let a i my my stylist is a lesbian and i just say i'll have what you're having every time and, uh, <laughs> well you're very a very good. handsome lesbian justin very thank you. Handsome that's the nicest <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said to me <laughs> <Handsome lesbian. laughs> oh my god no i mean that's so cool like we totally need more straight stories right no <laughs> uh why does anybody want this rep- Tim? i don't understand i don't know straight oh, yeah. people need more representation in the media come on <laughs> <laughs> guys here's I'm- the pitch it's when harry met sally but it's the same <laughs> no Nobody wants that? Great. Uh, here's the story. It's Adam and Eve just keeping it real, just like how it was originally written. That's it. <laughs> Not Adam and Steve. 
nothing, just adamant. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. So, like, talk to me about like what it was like growing up, like figuring out your sexuality, like any funny dates that you went on, anything that comes to mind. Oh man, I don't know. I I was a slow. America is a puritanical society, right? Like we literally come from Puritans. Those are the people that rammed those boats into our shore and then killed all the natives, right? Those were the Puritans seeking religious freedom from an island country that didn't like that they were uh, extremists, um, as far as I would consider it, um, religiously speaking. So, like, we have this interesting culture, which is why I think the future of sex was such an interesting discussion for me, because we, I think, even if you didn't grow up particularly religious, the the sentiment, and even how we're educated, is uh, very puritanical. You know, it's not, we're not, we don't have, I don't know, I grew up in upstate New York, is where I went to elementary school, middle school, high school, and when I went to sex ed, they, there was no sex in sex ed. They just showed us two videos. One video is about the penis and what it does, and the other video was about the <laughs> vagina. And the end of class, like the, like the two protagonists never shared the screen together. <laughs> like that's insane. That isn't. I look back on that and that's insane. Um, um, I learned nothing. I learned nothing. We separated the genders to start the class. I'm not an expert in sex, but I'm pretty sure they're going in the wrong direction there. You know, like none of this was like an educational thing. It was like this weird, um, kind of just very conservative approach to sex. So I didn't grow up with, 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 uh, you know, puritanical parents per se, but I, I, I grew up unsure of all of these feelings. I, there was no open dialogue uh, in the world and community I grew up in. So I was very much a late bloomer, I think, to figuring out sex for me. Like, I didn't end up having sex, and I didn't lose my virginity until I was 21 years old. Um, That's not in high school, that I was like, abnormal. No, but I, but it was like a, almost a choice out of not like I, in high school, I was convinced that I wasn't ready. I'm doing air quotes for the listeners. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't based on anything other than what's just what I was like kind of told by society. Well, you know, whatever trickled down to me is like, well, if you're uncomfortable, maybe you're not ready, which is a really stupid lesson. If you're uncomfortable, maybe talk to somebody that knows more than you speak to your parents, speak to educators, like. The fact that we don't have any, you know, source of dialogue for any of this stuff um, when I was a kid is, is is crazy to me. Like I, you know, I, when I was in college, I discovered uh, Dan Savage, who I got to interview for this documentary series, which was a personal highlight in my life. Um, absolutely brilliant. Uh, but you know, I discovered his, his his stuff in college, and I'm, I'm I turned forty next month. That's that's the age we we're talking about. So almost twenty years ago, I came across Dan Savage, and he was a game changer because he had conversations about sex in a way that I'd never seen before. I never heard before. So, uh, I was a, a late bloom. Like I turned down sex in high school, the opportunity for sex, because I was basically just scared and convinced Aww. that I wasn't ready. I know it's, it's, so it's, precious. it's, this is why it's pathetic. It's not, it's fine. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't look back at it. I'm like, Oh, what a cute kid. I'm like, what a fucking little bitch. No, like, it's like, bitch I don't, <laughs> I know I've become my own high school bully 20 years later. Um, bullying works. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, but it's, these are like, these are the real 
sentiments I reflect on. It was I, so I was a late bloomer in terms of figuring out what I like with sex, figuring out you know uh, ev everything about it. Just sex, just ex exploring sex, understanding sex, uh, understanding relationships with women. It, it, it developed slowly for me because. My parents went through a terrible divorce, which scared me off of relationships. And then I went through this long phase of like trying to figure out what the significance of sex for myself before I got involved in it. When I, I've always been a respectful person to other people. So it's not like I was in a frat boy. I was going to be like, yo, give me some fucking pussy, bro. Like I wasn't going yeah, to be <laughs> My impression of a straight man. The peace sign. It was very you. good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, great. I can blend in. <laughs> Yeah. Find on the lift, you tongue. can join any Penn State frat you want. You're ready. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I'm actually part of Brigham Young University. That's my school of choice. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I sure. I don't know if you know about this I can see this where this thing. podcast came from. <laughs> I don't know if you know about this thing. Uh, at BYU, they have this thing called, like, the Virgin Club. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yes. There's this thing at Brigham Young. I don't even know if it's real or not. It feels like a satire thing. But, like, they promote virginity and they try to destroy things like, uh, you know, loopholes and shit. Like, the poop hole loophole where you stay a virgin through anal sex. Which, like, I mean... Oh, my God. <laughs> good for you, I guess. That's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I used to do jokes. I've toured around Europe a lot uh, for stand-up, and um, I, I used to do a lot of jokes about how, like, their education system, I, how much I'm jealous. My tours in Europe are always called Seeking Asylum. I'm literally hoping to get adopted. Um, <laughs> and so... Fair. Uh, a lot of my premises are like like you're here's why you don't understand why it's so much like your education system is real and i would do jokes about sex education and then i went to uh, ireland and i did the same jokes and i was like you guys know your sex education i was i think i think the way i was setting it up was, was like um your education systems are amazing your sex education is real and I think that was the line. And I did that in Ireland. Some guy was like, not correct. And I was like, oh, really? Is that true? And then they, Whoa. because they're such a Catholic country, yeah, there's, they are butt-fucking the shit out of each other because that's how they're, they're raising the, the Brigham Young style of maintaining your virginity. Um, I may be over-exaggerating the extent of anal sex and the <laughs> intensity of it for my rhetoric, but you get the point. <laughs> it's the similar thing. <laughs> I'll let you know when it's too deep or too painful, Justin. Trust me, anal is <laughs> not, it's definitely not child's play, uh, but yeah, it is, it's messy business. That's what I specialize in, making sure y'all stay clean. <laughs> Hope you're all listening to this. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by your local douche store, Fleet, I don't know, um, wherever you're listening. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. Hey, you sick motherfuckers! I've got a special treat for you. Need a new toy to spice up your sex life? Head over to loveshop.ca slash sexedmonton and get yourself a cock ring, a dildo, a vibrator, or even a life-sized sex doll. <laughs> Damn, I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes. Get 15% off your entire order when you use code sexedwithtim at checkout. They're shipping to all of Canada and the United States because North America is horny. That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim 
and use code SEXEDWITHTIM for 15% off your entire purchase. Happy orgasm! Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalekuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me. 25% off. And cherry on top, free shipping. Oh my god. (laughs) I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me, and... Girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there. And I'm on the train. I'm just like, uh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code SEXEDWITHTIM for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey. <laughs> The show is about to begin. Yes. Jeez. Uh, That's so interesting to hear because, like, I would have imagined New York to be very progressive in terms of their sex education mm-hmm. because, you know, it's very, like, queer-centric and you're mm-hmm. all, like, this this very specific brand of kindness. Uh, so it's very... Yeah. Like, what I mean by kind is, like, uh, I landed in JFK and I was riding the A train from Howard Beach all the way to uh, to Fulton. And then there was this girl that was like coughing, coughing, coughing. And like by the time this other lady got off, she just got a whole bunch of tissue, threw it at her face and said, stop it. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, makes Yes. That's great. Perfect. Perfect uh, that's example. Like Perfect New York, example. New York kindness. That's so cool. So... You know, like a place like New York being that kind of like tough love, that like queer. I would have thought that they would have had better sex education, but I guess not. So, so this is this is upstate New York. So you got to remember, half of New York State is full on Trump country. You know, New York State is actually okay, a relatively yeah. conservative state. It's the city, obviously. The cities are obviously like all well, the the country. The cities are where 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 the uses live, and the uh, the progressive liberal thinkers, and then the more rural. New York State has a lot of rural land, a lot of land in general. And I didn't grow up in a particularly conservative place, but compared to New York, it was on the fence. And um, compared to New York City, so and this is also the '80s and '90s again. I, I have to imagine these curriculums have been updated. Maybe they're not using VHS tapes anymore. I don't know. I would hope so. Um, <laughs> Jesus. But it is, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's like uh, it's 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 it shocks me to this day that that was the education. Um, you know, and it's these places like Brigham Young and these Catholic countries and Catholic communities. Like talking about vir- virginity, is this conversation virginity is a social construct. Like virginity is not a it's not a real major thing. thing. A, it, yeah, yeah, it's a puritanical con. We should it's a, and it can be a very harmful conversation, which is how I how it impacted me, I think. It it really stunted my development as a man and as a sexual person. And, uh, you know, this what's her name? Shan Boodram. I don't know if you know who yep. Shan is. She's a, she's a yep. sex educator. Yep. She, she said to me, and when I interviewed her, she said that 
she thinks that the conversations about virginity should be replaced with conversations about consent. And and that way we're actually educating. And I think that's a beautiful way to put it. I've never forgotten that. Mm-hmm. And then make it in the goddamn documentary, so I'm saying it now. Ah, oh, man. Well, if you interview me, I'll talk nothing about cock and anuses. And I feel like that's a conversation <laughs> that we should have. Sure. I've, we don't have enough conversations about anal, because what? Everyone's got a booty hole. Uh... <laughs> yeah. What's more so, universal than butt stuff? Yeah. Butt stuff. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering then, because of that weird stunted background of sex like what was that like and how it had affected your the first time that you had sex um i, I who who has sex for the first time and is like this is great um <laughs> and like i was very good at this like show me that person and i will show you a liar or a person whose couch has been ruined you know what i mean <laughs> those cushions have been used i, I don't uh my, I, I honestly, so by, once I got to college, I kind of realized that I was holding myself back in this way. And then, um, and I was a, this is a sense that doesn't age well, but I was a break dancer. Um, and I used to be a, a break dancer and a hip hop dancer. And I got hurt in my freshman year of college and I ended up separated, dislocating my shoulders. And I went through basically two years of rehab and I never felt like myself. And so, uh, sex became this thing that became it, it built up. I wasn't out doing the things that I wanted, interacting with the people that I wanted, and I, and I felt this this build up. And eventually, to me, to me, I just wanted sex to be a good story. Like I didn't, virginity no longer had the power over me it used to over time, but I also didn't want to just fuck somebody. Like I, it still had more of a power over me than I realized because to me, it had to be a good story. First time, it had to be a good story. Mm. I literally had to wait until I was in another country. Um, Oh, and uh, and that's what and that's what, but I it's an it's a very funny story because I, I was in uh, Australia at a music festival and uh, I met this whole group of friends um, and I met this the one girl she like she was the only one not doing a lot of drugs and I wasn't doing any drugs and she lost her voice and she just wanted to dance and for New Year's Eve we went into the crowd and we danced and we rang in the New Year together. It was this big fun thing, and then the night was going on, and we were drinking and having a good time. And in my head, I was like, "This is it, this is it." And we were like shotgunning beers together and just being ridiculous. And I was like, "This is this is the, in my head." I was like, "This is the per- this is the story. I was, this is the story I wanted. This is perfect." And then we go back to her tent, and she just passes out. <laughs> and then four yeah, days man. later, we had sex. Um, oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> the, the, the anticlimactic nature of that story, the, the, the build-up to an anticlimax, to me, is the perfect iteration of what virginity is thought to be versus what virginity actually is. Um, you, you were edging me there, Justin. You were edging me. I was like, <laughs> waiting for a good payout, but like four days later? Ugh. What? <laughs> hey, I've learned some things uh, in the last 19 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Was it good at least? Was it nice for you as it was for her? It was. It, I don't think either one of us had the best time. It wasn't bad. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have set my stopwatch to it, but it was fine. It was. It, it would have been nice if you both like came right at the stroke of New Year, right? 
<laughs> that would have been a story. It was, it was almost like, it was like a perfect stupid story. It was like a shitty 90s rom-com mm. turned into a, you know, just a, another two people having sex. <laughs> um, but I love it. I love it so much that it was a nothing. It, it built up to be just nothing, just like another day in the life. Because to me, I look back on all of the things that, that led to that moment um, and the way I held myself back and put this thing on a pedestal and, and then uh, the fact that it was just a thing that we do. Um, and it was it's a good thing and a great thing and a wonderful thing. But um, I don't know. I don't have the right words to explain why I love that story so much, but it no, makes it's me laugh. Sweet. I think it, you love it because it's like something that holds near and dear to your heart. It's really funny. <laughs> I mean... Like the way you, you tell it, it was just I was just like I was waiting for something, and then you were like, "Nah." Four days later, fuck. It's like, God damn it, you were too <laughs> like bullshit. That's how I felt for fucking twenty one years, Tim. So get in line. You know, right, you found fine. it frustrating. You found that build up frustrating. It's true. This true. guy over here. <laughs> Did, <laughs> no, I, I get it. I I mean, I lost my virginity in college too. I think it was about nine, eighteen or nineteen years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I was lucky enough that I lost it to a boyfriend, but like, you know, mm. I, even then it was messy. Like, and I mean, messy. I'm gonna spare the listeners the details, but like, you know, shit happens. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll oh, leave you first all time. To... Yeah, my first time, right? Because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Of course, um, of I still course. don't know. I'm a sex educator. I still don't know what I was doing as an escort. I didn't know what the <laughs> hell I was doing. What the fuck I'm doing yeah. right now? Uh, <laughs> so, um, you are quite funny and you are quite fuckable. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm wondering then, because of your tour, yeah, there you go. Cheers, Bow. Uh, because of your touring and your charisma and your humor, I'm wondering, do you get any chuckle fuckers? I don't. I think I know what that means, but tell me more. Like. Uh, you know from what i've noticed it's like you know audience members who kind of like get turned on because they're funny mm. and then they start to like hit on you you end up hooking up with them after your set is that something that you've experienced I've yeah had the pleasure yeah uh, you know i've spent more of the last six years seven years in relationships than not so um more of my stand-up career than not has been you know i'm, I'm unavailable um but the, but it has happened it's definitely happened and i it, just being hit on after a show I, I was in finland and i performed at this like weird mansion in the middle of nowhere and then i had to take like, a public bus back to helsinki and and this like beautiful girl like literally like followed me onto the bus and sat next to me and like just the Finns are very sexually uh, uh mm-hmm. progressive um they have a, i think they have like one of the highest rates of like one night stands in the world some crazy there's like a weird statistic about them and their sexuality i'd love to see that stat um, oh. i know they're very they're very it's cold you know they're all cold and they drink a lot and they have they're very educated about sex so they have very i think healthy um understandings about sex in general anyways mm-hmm. she was i had a girlfriend that i loved very much um unfortunately because she was gorgeous and she was just like, "Well, here's my Ooh. number, and here's all my information." Um, but there's been a, there's there's been there's been a, I've definitely been I did I do this uh, there's a great queer show every Sunday in New York City called Sunday School. It's run by Ashley Gavin. She's a <laughs> do you know Ashley Gavin? 
Sundays. No, um, I know Sundays. She's a podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ashley runs a podcast called uh, "We're Having Gay Sex," and it's phenomenal. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, and Sunday School is a great weekly show. And like that's why last time I did that show in New York, you know, I just I talked I talked to more audience members after shows with Ashley than anyone else because it's just there's just a, such a community that comes together. You know, like I like when she does shows in like St. Louis or like Orlando or where. Like this, this is the first time a lot of these twenty-something-year-olds have ever seen four hundred queer people in the same room together. So this is like a, it's like a real celebration. Like it's really fun, um, and it's a certainly a more flirty atmosphere than the average comedy club. Um, but I'm trying to think if I have any good post-comedy sex stories. I don't have a lot. Um, like again, you know, like a, a pretty girl hit on you, yeah, and then you're like, all right, let's give it a shot. Sure. Oh, of course. I mean, this definitely happened. It's happened in. Um, I'm just trying to think if it's a good story. I just don't know if there's any stories that are bigger than what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> like how much more does how much more of a story do you want? Do you want me to do you want me to describe her underwear? Like how much? What kind of detail you're looking for? Um, I'll see you. Here's her home address. She lives at four four seven. Security number. <laughs> Go into as much detail or as little detail as you want. I just really am interested in, like, the concept that when guys are funny, it's, like, some sort of aphrodisiac. And it's, it's very I think it's very true. It's also very interesting yeah. that, like, uh, female comedians don't really get the same kind of attention. You know, like, yeah, there's a weird imbalance to it. It's, it's a great point, because... It's true in a way. Like female comedians get bad attention. Like attractive yeah. female comedians get get, You're get funny DMs for a girl. Like, like to smell your feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's. You know, I dated a female comic for four years, and she had she. I I get hit on, and she'd get stalkers. Like those. That was the yeah. difference. You know, like it's it is. Um, again, this all comes down to me to cultural sex education, and and um you know i think there's an incel energy to a lot of this stuff i think a lot of sad people love comedy more because it brings them joy um and they can find themselves obsessed and attracted to people that that they connect with i've had it i've had i've had stalkers who were who i had a you know i call her my snapchat stalker um who for years would she like come to comedy shows and like sit in the back and then text me about it later and like send me messages on snapchat and photos and stuff and no um and uh it was honestly it was it was fine until she started bringing up my girlfriend and then i was literally like no! and then she showed up to a comedy show yeah, yeah and i was like and she was never like never aggressive it wasn't scary it was just a lot um and they went on for a long period of time and then one day she came to a comedy show to try to sit in the back but it was at a bookstore so the lights were all on so i could just see her <laughs> oh my god that's so, and I went and I was like I, after my I went to my set I like walked outside with her and I was like so uh, you're not gonna do anything crazy <laughs> right she was like she was like whoa whoa no no I was like I'm, I'm just saying you keep sending me articles about about stalkers who marry the stockies like <laughs> just want to make Stockholm sure. syndrome right into your bedroom you know <laughs> totally I respected it I respected the effort I, I you know game recognized game you know what I'm saying true you know what tail is tail mm, whatever you want mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't think I could ever 
that's that's how do you even deal with something like that you know that's so uncomfortable that's it's uh yeah i think it's well i don't know i i think i can read people pretty well it's something that i've spent most of my life trying to do you know like i uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm a naturally, I'm an introvert. I grew up with parents who didn't talk to each other and a brother that I barely spoke to. Like I had to like learn how to communicate with the world. So it was me like a lot of like watching how people interact. Feel free to dump your purse on my show, Justin, just empty your purse out. Right <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm going to fuck the purse at the end. It's like, um, I know what we're doing here. Don't worry about it. I think I, I learned I've learned how to read people. It took me a long time when it comes to flirting and sexuality, but like I could tell when someone's dangerous or not. And um, but yeah, it's it's a weird thing. You just have to have a have a perspective on it. It's a it's a weird thing. People are, but the point is, people are attracted to funny people. It absolutely is a thing, and I think people are attracted to funny women. I think men are just threatened by a funny woman. So in the same way that like mm. men are like on the down low. In terms of like, they're threatened by people thinking they're gay because it emasculates them, but they like to fuck dudes. It's the same thing. Like, they're threatened by women that are more that are, that are stronger willed than them. Mm, you know what? That's actually a really good point. I also notice kind of like the same dynamic when it comes to like gay comedians and then a gay audience. Uh, it, it does very much go one or the other, where you'll either try to flirt with them or they're gonna be like, "I'm funnier than you." That wasn't that mm-hmm. great. It's like, how about we just, I don't know, shut the fuck up, stay in our lane. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn. We're all, like, just dumping our purses on to each other. Like, how about we, I don't know, right. like, say that's that, that that's was great. That's what most heckling is. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Most heckling is just people that are like, who they hear a word or a phrase or a sentiment that they take so personally that they, if it's bad haggling, like if it's like ill-intentioned heckling, um, mm. it's usually just people fucking emptying their purse in the middle of your in your job while you're at work. <laughs> yeah, which is so fucking annoying. It's like you you paid for the show. Why are you gonna like ruin your own experience yeah. for you? Uh, have you had a bad yeah. heckling experience? Um, oh my god, tons. Uh, I mean, I have video of, of one of the, 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 the most stupidest, longest heckles. You know, like this girl heckled me on and off throughout, like, my entire set. It's, it's online. It's one of my few heckling videos. Um, I don't have a lot online, but I'll, I'll post it to my Instagram, actually, because it's been a while since I posted it anywhere, and I think it's insane. She just keeps coming back, but she has nothing to say because she's, like, a drunk girl, and the audience hates her and it's great it's great when the as long as you can turn the audience against them you'll never lose yeah. you know what i mean you're with, um, the audience is with you with you exactly yeah, not um but i've had it's tough it depends who's heck i was once heckled by like a drunk irish looking girl i think she was american doesn't matter she was indecipherable what she was saying but it's hard because there's no I, I can't it's how do you talk to someone that can't talk like who can't finish their sentences um and then there's the punching down element where it's like a woman who's like vulnerable and like what are you gonna you can't what are you gonna you're just gonna yell at her make fun of her I, there was one it was the it was the one time i was heckled where i honestly didn't i didn't have a i didn't have tools in the toolkit to deal with it because i couldn't really punch down and just make fun of her i wasn't getting any content to riff off of and play with and understand who the hell she was um but there's tons i mean i once had a guy reach for a gun because he thought i was calling him gay holy shit um, 
Yeah. So it can get, it can get, it can escalate quickly. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Yeah. But this guy, he literally, this guy stood up and he reached, um, he reached for his belt and I can't say most of the words he said, but he basically said, did you just call me gay? And I said, no, but thanks for asking. And because of that (laughs) response, everybody laughed. And then, so we kind of sat down and then I just did my next joke and everybody laughed at that joke. And I turned back to him. I was like, by the way, that also doesn't mean you're gay. And everybody laughed. <laughs> and he literally came up to me afterwards and shook my hand. Um, he went from standing up and reaching for his belt to shaking my hand within like a three minute span. That's how fucking weird comedy can be. <laughs> yeah. it's, it can do a whole 180 within a split second. And also it's really funny that that heckler thought that being called gay is an insult <laughs> yes he uh, was there with a lot of yeah you should have said something like if i if i was gay or if you were gay you're not my type anyway <laughs> you know i honestly was so shocked because i was most of my i, I have no idea what joke i did. i don't remember what joke i did i could probably find the recording somewhere but it was a long time ago but uh it, it was such a shocking response to something that was I was probably gesturing generically with my hands, I guess, is the only thing I could think of. And maybe he thought I pointed at him while I made a joke about myself. But I don't even know what joke I would have made that would have made him make this huge leap to thinking I was calling him gay. Um, it, it was very strange. It was some sort of wild miscommunication. But he was there with, like, like 12 of his boys. And I, there was this, again, this urban masculinity thing that was just clearly with a homophobic bent (laughs) (laughs) he did not want to be perceived that way it's wild so that's just so weird uh god nothing's more fragile than the male ego to be honest oh my god but hey that could be like your next source of comedy fodder right just like hey here you look gay and it's like what huh what does that mean? <laughs> Again, more straight impressions. I don't know. I don't interact <laughs> with straight people. Heteros? I, I don't even know how to say Heteroflexibles. it. Heteroflexibles. That's what we're... That's, 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 what you, that's what you identify as, okay? Because I identify yeah. as a piss pig. Uh, come down. <laughs> pronouns. Uh, <laughs> sure, Do you think sure. you're, you're going to be in comedy for the long run? Oh, it's my first language. You know, how I learned how to talk to the world was through comedy. I went to film school and everything I made was a comedy. It's how I like to communicate. Um, it's I truly believe that comedy is one of the best ways to get people who don't agree with you to listen to what you have to say because you make them laugh, their guards go down. Uh, whether or not I do stand-up forever, I hope I do. I hope I never stop doing it, but it's also a very hard business and a very time-consuming business and um it's you know there's a there's a lot of hustle culture that has to go into doing it well yeah it's really you know other than the 10 minute spots you do in these big cities and even you tour you get to do longer sets but booking tours unless you're big enough to have representation to book tours for you like it's a lot of work yeah yeah it's you know until you get to that point where where, we're you're it's a lot of hustle and i don't i love it to death i hope i never stop doing it but i it's I try not to. I try not to have, put expectations on the future. I, I try to treat stand up as very much a pure art form for me. Like I make my money producing TV shows. Um, I make money doing stand up, but but not pay the bills money. And I don't mind it that way because I want it to be about art. I want it to be about something that I love to do versus me trying to pay off what the world wants for me. Yeah. 
I agree. I, like, I incorporate a lot of comedy into my sex education because uh, the tagline of the show is making you tee-hee at your pee-pee, right? Like, uh, it, that's the only way that I feel like I, I can get people to really engage in, like, tough sex-related conversations because, like, sensitive already, so you might as well just, like, laugh at your bits because they're... Let's be real. A penis looks really ugly. It's so aggressive looking the way it stares mm-hmm, at you with that mm-hmm. one eye, like a cyclops snake just going. <laughs> um, I think that's what a penis sounds like. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did. Um, I go to. I go to. Uh, um, I'm agreeing with you dramatically. I, I I go to Burning Man. I've been to Burning Man four times and. Uh, and I once did a naked yoga, naked partner yoga class that a friend of mine ran. And the whole point of it was to just so we could just to laugh at our bodies, how silly the human body is. And it was yep. so fun. And we did these ridiculous yep. yoga poses. Like she had a start and like happy baby. We were here feeding her up in the air. And it was, she's like, <laughs> yeah, it just, she's just what like, happy oh, I just wanted to see if it was asshole. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, that was like the most incredible. It, it took all the air out of what was like an awkward situation. I was I was partnered with a girl I barely knew. We're naked doing these poses where crotches are in each other's faces. Like it was just like <laughs> really personal, really personal, and very not sexual. But but she made us laugh within forty five seconds, and it just took all of the the anxiety out of the room. It, it's you got comedy when it comes to things like sex and uncomfortable conversations. And it, that's it how you met your girlfriend. People's, Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her asshole before meeting her parents, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that, that's really nice. And I love that you were able to laugh at something so, like, sensitive and, like, oh, hey, I'm not the only circumcised person here. I'm assuming you are because you said you're Jewish. <laughs> I think that's how it works. Incorrect. Uh, <laughs> You can see my foreskin on the mantle in the background. That's what I thought. Oh was yeah, it's but kept in a jar. Yeah. It's kept in a jar. It's <laughs> in formaldehyde. It looks really pretty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so, Justin, before we like wrap anything up, and I never wrap anything up. Uh, I'm wondering then, um, like, what is your biggest takeaway this far? Turning forty about sex. Uh, what what are some things that you value about sex? Just like any thoughts, just general thoughts. Um, I I I like sex. Pro sex. Um, okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Very pro sex. Listen, I, I I think learning how to communicate about sex and what you want in sex has been one of the best things. And it took me really into my 30s to, 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 to get competent at this. I won't say good, but be competent. I don't think I'm good at it, but I'm competent. Um, I think having conversations about sex is one of the best ways um, to better understand yourself and to get to know people. I think when I go on first dates, if I can, if there's an opportunity to talk about sex and not us having sex, but sex in general, I love to take it because, again, I think I can have hard conversations with people and make it comfortable. So I do it. Because I learn, you learn so much about people, I, I, and I and it's, I think, um, I don't know, I, I really enjoy my, the, my openness with myself and other people when it comes to sex. Sex is so much more enjoyable because I'm so open about talking about it with partners, with strangers, with 
podcast sex educators. <laughs> um, and Thank I think that's what open. I would encourage anybody to find. Yeah, of course. Um, the way you spread your uh, hole I... on camera for me, the audience is not going to see. Uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know why I had to stretch so much before I came here. It's audio, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, I wanted to put my whole arm in I it. Did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! No, I think my takeaway from is that I think talking about sex makes sex better. Period. And anybody that feels like they're struggling to understand it, find a way to talk about it. The world is so different from when I was growing up. I'd fucking dial up internet when I was learning about sex. Like (laughs) we can can talk to each other now. Man, that traumatic tone. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, all right, so listeners, if you want to take away anything from this conversation, that was just talk about sex. Just fucking, like, you know, don't be so shy about it. Like, let's let's talk. Even if you're insecure, just be like, ooh, I like sex, or I don't like sex all that much. And then that could be the conversation. But at least it leads to something bigger, better, and more pleasurable for yourself. And uh, th- I love that. So uh, before we close, uh, Justin... You okay to play just a short little tiny itty bitty game with me before me. we go? Sweet. So this segment of Hit the show me. is called Naughty or Nice. And without any context, I want you to pick Naughty or Nice. Oh, uh, n- 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 Naughty. Naughty? Okay. So uh, this segment of uh, Naughty or can Nice. You, would you just... Would you just delete this episode if I pick nice? I feel like anybody that picks nice on this I'm gonna, podcast. I'm going to get you to do both. I'm getting it. I'm going to get you to okay. do both. Yeah. Because <laughs> we go both ways here on the show. Exactly. Shout out to you. <laughs> your head of flexibility. <laughs> so this part of naughty or nice is red flags, and what's going to happen is that you're setting me up on a date. And I'm like, mm, but this red flag. So you got to convince me why I should go on this date. So uh, three qualities on this date. Uh, he can get me for free drinks forever at any bar in the world. Oh, man, that's cool. Uh, best smelling guy in the world. Amazing. But he's going to post all of my texts and my emails online. <laughs> Why should I go out on this date, Justin? You're setting oh, me up. It feels like a trap. Um, but hey, yeah. this is why you should go on this date. You are yeah. a man who, who not, not to gender you, but you are a person who is uh, so open with their sexuality and so interested in the communications of sexuality. And what better opportunity to exp- exp- show the world the way in which you go on a date and the way in which you flirt than letting this person outside of your control post all of your communiques. It is a testament to your openness as an educator and a communicator. I I will kill myself if I ever see my sex on the New York Times. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever see... My short little fantasy essay about getting fisted to the high heavens as an op-ed. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I didn't know you were sending fisting videos to these communities. <laughs> that changes things. It's a, it's a different pitch, but that's fine. I, I can make it work. All right, perfect. I just wanted to see how, how it would turn out. 
okay, I'll go on this date. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, and then the the nice portion of Naughty or Nice is like a more wholesome question. I think it's a great way to finish things off. Uh, this question says, what does your ideal sexual relationship look like? What does my ideal sexual relationship look like? Um, whatever I feel and desire and whatever my partner feels and desires is communicated openly without judgment. Um, that's it. Cute. I don't think that we all have our fantasies and we all have our things and we, we and you can no matter the degree with which you want them or not, I find being able to talk about it is almost as good as anything else. I'd rather lose things off of my fantasy bucket list but be able to talk about it openly in a relationship a sexual relationship than not feel like I can discuss how I feel and what I want. Hmm. Wow. That's so nice and wholesome. Oh my god. I'm gonna puke. No, that's really sweet. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. That also, is actually butt stuff. Better? Is that better? There you go. That's it. <laughs> just pure right. raw anal and just full of shit and disgusting piss play, kink choke, all the disgusting heathen sinner words that you can possibly think of. No, that's that was actually. I'm gonna go with my first answer. <laughs> no, that, that was really nice, back. and that was sweet. <laughs> the circle back, right? No, that was really nice. That was really sweet. Uh, more earnest than anything I could ever think of, because uh, I'm filthy and disgusting, and I don't go to therapy, uh, <laughs> or rather, I fail in. Therapy. <laughs> uh, all right, so I think that's a great way to end this chaotic ass episode for all the listeners that made it this far. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sexed with Tim podcast. Uh, before I officially sign off, Justin, can you please make like a butthole and plug away anything that you want the audience to find? Yeah, let me throw a couple beads your way. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find uh, all my social on justinhermancomedy.com. Instagram is the best way to reach me at Justin underscore Herman. TikTok, I'm Justin Herman Comedy. Um, and uh, if you can't find me without those plugs, then uh, you you need to learn how to use the internet. So um, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Justin, for joining me here on the Sex of a Tip Appreciate podcast. You. And uh, for all of you listening, thanks for tuning in. I hope you support the show. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give that five stars, a like, or whatever it is because you're supporting queer content, sex ed content. And if you don't support, then you're homophobic. Sorry, I don't make the rules. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that, I bid you all good night, goodbye, and I will see you at the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at SexEdWithTim. You can also like and follow me on the SexEdWithTim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah.